Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Corey Rosen. I am with the Story Podcast, and today do I have a guest for you. His name is Henry Deverick. Devorick. 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 Sorry. Uh, Henry is a recent graduate from Lebanon Valley College, class of 2020, with degrees in audio production and music composition. He has been playing bass and guitar since adolescence and became proficient jazz artist. Became a proficient jazz artist within college. He plays bass in several bands and freelances throughout Pennsylvania. I have the personal pleasure of knowing Henry and playing with him a few times, and I am very excited to have you on the show. How Thanks are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Good? Glad to be here. Yeah, it's I'm... It's cool. We're in a glass box, people walking around. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, where do we start is the question. How about we start from what inspired you to do music? Hmm. Um, that's a good one. I, I want to say Guitar Hero too. Yeah. Um, but I took, I was taking like piano lessons. I don't know. I was eight, maybe or seven or eight or something like that. Um, I didn't really like it very much. And then I think for my 10th birthday, I got Guitar Hero too. Um, and then I don't know, they had like, uh, Carry On My Wayward Son and some like Primus songs, John the Fisherman. I don't know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so after that, I got into, yeah, I started taking guitar lessons when I was about 10. Um, so you started on guitar first? Well, yeah, after piano, guitar, okay. but I didn't get very far on piano. Um, yeah, and then guitar, and then I, it didn't take me very long, I think, to go to bass. Um, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think, were sort of what got me there. I heard some, like, probably Danny California or something on the radio um, okay. whenever that was, when I was 12 or something. So, so you've been doing that. When when was would you say the first time you like wrote a song? Um, I probably tried when I was like twelve or something like that. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I kind of remember it, but I don't think it got very far. Most first songs don't get very far, yeah. do they? It takes like five hundred songs to actually like, get good at so- at songwriting, and you have like a few good ones before then. But yeah, I I don't know. I still write pretty bad songs a lot of the time. So. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, growing, uh, where'd you grow up from? I'm from Lidditz. Lidditz. So, so right here, local, yeah. born and raised. Yeah, uh, have, you ever, County. have you ever uh, branched out of there, or you have been just here pretty much? Not really. Like, I went to, uh, like you said, I went to Lebanon Valley. Um, so, that's just one county over or whatever. But right. no, I never really lived anywhere else. Um, no, I've I gone out of the country a couple times for vacation but yeah that which is cool going to europe and stuff like that with my dad but for sure um yeah pretty much just been here since the beginning so you grew up writing songs uh did Mm -hmm. you when did you start going out into the music scene like open mics or Mm -hmm. uh actually it's like networking your way into the music industry here yeah well um i had a band called the skips in high school um so and we played i forget what our band i think it was downfall or something when we were 12 we played the talent show at our elementary school so um since then i've been sort of you know uh into it um but yeah so with the skips mostly we, we were playing at like the chameleon club um, okay. when it was here um it was a great place it's kind of like it got a little bit stale. Like people really like it, but for us, we played it like five times or something like that. It's like, okay, um, gotta do something else. So from there, we kind of, we did, <clears throat> excuse me, some like small festivals, stuff like that. We are sort of a jam band, um, or gotcha. we're, we're leaning that way. So uh, yeah, we kind of started doing that kind of stuff. Um, but basically when I went to LVC, I kind of hit the brakes on all that stuff. Um, there's not much of a scene out there. Like I'm trying to think really where the closest place you could go. It's probably Lancaster to find an open mic. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know of any in Lebanon. There's not all that many gig opportunities in Lebanon. Like maybe Hershey, if you are ritzy. Yeah. Well, Hershey's not too far from, from LVC. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like probably vineyard gigs or something like that. Like ritzy stuff. Um, wasn't necessarily for me. So you kind of put a, 
So you kind of put a pause on your uh, local band stuff for for your college career. Yeah. What yeah. What do you think would be your most helpful? What do you think is your most instrumental uh, part of your college career, in in terms of learning music and then uh, wanting to do it for not maybe not a living, but like for like, well, I guess you do it for a living, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I teach mostly at the moment. Yeah. Um, guitar and stuff like that uh as far as like the most valuable thing from college um that's a tricky one to narrow down i think a a lot of it is um connections like just meeting other people that are into the same thing it took me maybe a year and a half or whatever to find the right people otherwise i was like a bunch of people from my high school were on the lacrosse team so Mm. that was like that was all right place to go and party or whatever have a good time um like i had sort of not my team but some sort of team of people to you had a group uh, yeah um but they weren't musicians so that was a little bit like confusing or whatever like not that satisfying um but eventually i met a bunch of people um that i played with probably in the jazz band was, was kind of where it came from in the jazz combo like the small like it was called small jazz, which is weird, but small jazz ensemble. Um, so I think like meeting people and just hanging out with them, talking music um, like consistently with people or just like hanging out and listening to records and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I bet practicing a million hours a day. Sure. I Yeah. Um, I wasn't that. Oh, me neither. I wasn't I that much of a maniac. Um like, but my bass teacher there, you know, he, he, I guess he went to LVC as well. Um, but he was talking about like he would skip class and stuff like that to practice, but I, I wasn't that much of a maniac. Um, but th- his name is Tim Wolf. I learned a lot from him as well. Um, just kind of, we would talk about general music stuff. Like, what do you do? as a musician, like when you come into contact with drugs or something like that, like just kind of more, uh, like ethical questions. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Like, what do I do? Like, how do you handle that? Uh, it, it's an interesting question because the music industry, as anyone would know, is filled with all these different kinds of drugs, these different addictions, mm. alcohol being a big part of it, considering most, mo- most local live stuff is at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I forget. Are you religious at all? Not really. I would all say right. I'm spiritual, but fair enough. Because um, that was dippy answer. No, right? Yeah, no. I I I understand and respect that. But coming from a con- con- uh, a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely hard to. That's a conversation we have a lot within the musical theater department, especially okay. because that can be so uh, secular and and ripped apart mm-hmm. from. Uh, culturally christian values right. and like how do we deal with like like going on to uh, a kinky boots uh rehearsal sure. or like mama mia or stuff that's uh, i don't know that much about mama mia but sure. just pulling stuff out of my head right but it's Heathers or something yeah heather or yeah something just like that's almost completely removed from christianity and how do we yeah. act as a christian how do we approach that as as uh, a christian how do mm-hmm. we deal with the different drugs um that are involved with everything because it's if if you're not involved it's a surprising amount um yeah. and it's it's hard the the temptation is real because sure. and there there's a good side to this and a bad side to this everyone there is very much like community like communal mm. um and it's it's very much like accepting sure. and very like hey you uh, you want to drink or so, or right. something like that? So it's very it's very hard to say no to those kind of things, and right. you have to have. Uh, and I'm not knocking anybody, sure. but it it's it's the matter of the fact that you have to have like a strong will to right. resist that because there's so many paths you can that just that kind of thing can go wrong. Absolutely, <clears throat> and that's one thing I've noticed and respect about you is like we're going out to these open mics or whatever. You're always drinking water, like that's <laughs> it's hard. Um, for people like I'm not even necessarily the biggest fan of alcohol or whatever, but I'm like, well, you know, I'm here, I'm so here. I might as well have a beer, especially if it's at like Hell in a Bucket in Wrightsville, the brewery. It's like, you know, I'll try one of their beers or whatever. I'll support them. Um, right. It's hard to go out to like local bars like that, and because 
I, I want to support local areas. It's yeah. just that, for, first off, I don't like to taste of beer or alcohol. Okay. Second off, my, my dad wasn't the best father to me in regards mm. to alcohol. So that's gotcha. why I'm kind of like wary on it. Absolutely. Um, And I, I talked about this a little earlier on, on the show. I did yeah. a little bit earlier, but my dad's a great dad to me. I love him mm. now. <laughs> right. It, uh, six six or seven years sober, and I'm really proud of that. Mm. Uh, But growing up, it was bad to okay. say the least sure. uh there was like domestic abuse and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff going on so to that and that's the main reason why i'm turned off of alcohol gotcha. uh the t- right. and it, it just tastes horrible to me yeah um so it but it, it i know for other people it's the, it's their bread and butter if they don't have a drink they can't go up on stage mm-hmm. sometimes sure so navigating that is a real real issue right and a deep topic to talk about yeah so for me, having uh, like a teacher or whoever to talk about that kind of stuff without feeling like I'm going to get scolded or like, you know, asked to leave or whatever, like that kind of stuff, have, just having a comfortable environment to talk about topics that are really important and that like most people don't really get to, to talk about or even maybe understand is an issue. Right. Yeah, because I definitely didn't understand it when I went to the first open mic at TELUS. Okay. Um. Uh, those are Monday nights at like seven. If you're, yeah. if you guys are interested, definitely. Yeah, they're fun. They're really fun. Go definitely go out to them. But the amount of like cigarettes, uh, mm-hmm. alcohol, the amount of people that uh do more extreme things. Right, there's it, definitely people messed up sometimes. There's tell. yeah, there's definitely um more going on there, and it, right. it's. To a person on the outside, like as as a Christian coming into it, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot." Absolutely. Um, and however, you got you can't just back away from that. You have to go forward, go towards it. And a lot of these people, they're broken inside, and that, that, yeah. that and that's where it comes down to. Right. And some of them are are in danger of themselves. If you if you catch my drift, for sure. Um, and being. In my view as a Christian, mm. if I can go out there and make someone's night better or make sure that they are happy when they leave, it, that's my that's my goal done. That's that's my right. quote-unquote evangelism, uh, sure. sh- showing the love of Christ to others mm. um, and making sure that they are safe because it is very unsafe. In, sure. Or it can be. It can very be. Uns- it, can, it, can't, it can be very unsafe if you're especially not with the right crowd. And if you're especially surrounding yourself with all this negative, extra negative energy yeah. and all the drama that can happen within the music industry as well. For sure. For sure. For sure. We, we know a bit about that. I know a lot about that. <laughs> so com- uh, coming out of college, mm-hmm. how did you meet uh, specific bands that you play with, like General Semantics? That yeah. you're, are you still with them or... I haven't heard very much from them. I, it's not much of a thing. Um, I, honestly, I think it's from like Facebook or I like jammed with um, the, with Woody. I don't even know how it came to be. I think I was with my buddies, Matt and Jeff. They have like a, um, it's called the New Working Man. It's like a Grateful Dead mm-hmm. cover band kind of thing, jam band. Um, we were rehearsing and then like Woody heard us and he's like, yeah, you got to come jam. So jammed with him and then later on down the road heard something from him like playing with um with Bjorn before we had uh the name General Semantics and uh Mike Rosafi is the other guy who plays guitar. Um, right. They're all phenomenal. But yeah, the the drama of all that kind of stuff I uh can't can't take it anymore. Yeah, the yeah, there was from what I know a lot of drama from that. How Absolutely. You've been a part of a few bands. Uh-huh. How does one overcome the drama or how does one deal with Because at some point you just have to say enough is enough. Absolutely. And that's completely fair. But what's what's the tension point between, okay, this is an acceptable... Because there's always going to be drama no matter yeah. who you're dealing with. Everyone's a different person and you're going to have different views on stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you healthily deal with, with that? Yeah. Um that's a good question because I think with that group in particular, I sort of just let it go. Like t- to me, I think I guess something like the opportunity, the potential opportunity was like to me seemed so high to be playing with with musicians of that caliber. Um, it was really exciting to me. So there's some 
red flags or whatever that I kind of just like let, let go. go. Like, because um, you're kind of weighing your costs and benefits. Yeah, now. exactly. Um, I, and that's, I definitely learned from that, like to be more um, forthright about it. Like, you know, this is what I find acceptable. This is what I find unacceptable. Um, so, I don't know. I think some of it's just being honest. Like, is this really what's happening? Are you doing drugs right now? Or did you just, like, earlier today or whatever, like, um, you know, having that sort of discussion. Like, like being professional and being, being professional. having boundaries set. Exactly. Like, hey, when we when we work on these projects, you need to be at the top of your game, not in la-la land. Right. Um, and that is hard coming... Oh, I got a voice crack. <laughs> It's hard, uh, especially with, with, with uh, you know, musicians that do drugs. It, yeah. That's just a fact of life. They, they, do, they do that kind of thing, and you have to navigate that. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a healthy association with certain uh, drugs, and sure. then there's much more unhealthy ways of dealing right. with things. And unfortunately, it's just, the music scene is full of unhealthy users and abusers. Yeah, well, and... Some of it is like you could almost not have it. I mean, it seems like you could almost not have it without it. Like some people lean into the sort of tortured artist thing pretty thing. hard. Yeah. Um, and it, I should be careful because it, it can happen without it. Like it doesn't need mm-hmm. drugs at all. Um, even like Frank Zappa or whatever, he was like vehemently anti-drug and he's got the craziest music that you could find. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with um, the drugs themselves, I think, but like you said, some some people are definitely their worst enemy as far as right. that kind of stuff is concerned. And uh, there there is beautiful things that can come from horrible things. For right. we were talking a lot about Owen John um, okay. earlier mm-hmm. and how he has had he's gone through this incredible journey of dealing with drugs, dealing with all these other social issues, uh, and and still coming out and running the song "I'm Still Standing." Uh, that not only inspires that's it comes from a place of like uh truth and rawness from Elton John, but it helps so many more people to understand that, hey, I have this problem, yet even me, Elton John, bigger than life, wearing all sorts of sorts of stuff. And uh he if he can go through it and come out of it and be, you know, still Elton John, yeah, you can too. For sure. And I, there's been many contributions to music like Chicago was was always on drugs Beatles yeah. uh, heavily influenced with with uh with su- substance yeah <laughs> so and so I'm not I'll say drugs are bad yes but drugs are bad okay. drugs are bad uh, don't do your drugs um except the ones that are prescribed <laughs> but uh without without that there is a lot of music opportunity lost for, for sure. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of activism lost within that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, I don't know, it's easy to get in a rut or whatever and just sort of get in these bad cycles and, uh, it feels like you're trapped or, or something like that. Like, or that, um, I guess what I was trying to say earlier is that like, maybe you feel like you can't do it without it or like you mm-hmm. need whatever it might be pot to get loose or something like that, or or alcohol, whatever, like you mentioned, someone might need a drink in order to get the courage to go up on stage, um, or feel like feel like they need one. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know, navigating that's it's tricky, but I think it's just knowing basically like what uh, how to how to hold yourself, like what's best for yourself. Um, holding yourself accountable. Yeah, holding yourself accountable and not in a selfish way necessarily, but like what is it really that's healthy for me? Like and same sort of similar thing, drawing boundaries, like, you know, is is this gonna be a problem for me if this sort of thing happens? Like right. being honest with yourself and with, with other people I think is really important. Um, but even like um I play in a southern rock cover band. It's called Mama's Horn <laughs> with a with a bunch of like older dudes. Um but there's not any drugs involved other than alcohol at the bars or whatever. Um, but some of those guys just have like tough personalities. Uh, it's, there's some, not necessarily drama, but yeah, maybe like infighting. Yeah. Some like, people are rude. Yeah. Some people are very blunt. 
right. some people don't know how to uh, softly tell you things or yeah. and, and that, that depends on your personality too I'd rather be told something out, outright than beat around a bush sure. uh, but some, I know some people need are, are gentler mm-hmm. and need that special like hey uh, this is what's going on this is bothering me blah blah blah, right. blah instead of an outright almost sometimes yelling match or yeah definitely well and some of it too with that band is like a couple of the the guys are not really like they didn't they never played in bands before maybe or so don't have custom. all that much music like experience or so like even just trying to communicate can be difficult like just trying to get them to understand what you're trying to say that might not have the words or under vocabulary for that that's definitely an interesting conversation to have because i know when i'm always out with you i'll, I'll always look because you have an incredible ear uh to hear that. to hear like uh different chords i'll always look at you and i have i i'm like i have an ear mm-hmm. it's just finding home and uh that's realizing right. what key we're in because once i realize what key we're in i can i'm pretty pretty decent from there on yeah but knowing exactly like when when someone plays an E chord and I have no context whatsoever at, at, at any yeah. chord or whatever, it, it's hard to pick out. Uh, and especially with artists like, for example, Cody Kilburn, we mm-hmm. we had a project with him um, in the past, but he has no uh, vocabulary in regards to chords that he's playing. Or he just knows I do this chord and it looks like this shape, right? <laughs> and that's all I know. And I sing this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a really fun time of going through it, breaking it down, and figuring out what the chords were, what the structure was, right? And then how to uh, best accompany that structure. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of work to, yeah. and so, sometimes sometimes that's fun. Other times it's really annoying. Um, yeah, yeah, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Especially if they don't warn you that, hey, I don't know nothing. Right? <laughs> yeah, you have to figure it all out. Right. Well, the thing with the the cover band is nice, at least because it's like you just listen to the recording and you can you basically know whether or not it's right or wrong. Right. Um, as opposed to like playing with Cody, he's like, is this did I capo this song on the third fret or the fourth fret? And it's like so I can't it's help. It's whatever. You out. It's whatever this chord sounds like. I, yeah. That, that's all I know. Yeah. Um. um so. I don't know. It doesn't even necessarily have to be drugs that are the issue that for drama, or, or you know, it, it can be girls for sure. It can girls, be, yeah, for fact. Um, yeah, it can be just not even being able to communicate necessarily, um, like we were talking about musically. Um, and that reminds me too. Um, you asked what I got out of college. The one thing I forgot about is like the, we had ear training. I had like three or four mm. semesters of ear training. Um, so that was really helpful as far as like being able to identify chords, um, as well as my jazz piano lessons on top of that, Mm -hmm. um, sort of marrying those two where you can hear, you know, I don't even want to get into stupid jazz chords, but D major seven over F sharp or something like that. Something something like what that is. Flat five, uh, sharp 19, (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous chords. Get out there. Um, yeah, it, we we definitely had that here at LBC, but I I, I was just like I can't be bothered because mm-hmm. it's so hard. Especially yeah. I I don't have perfect pitch at all. Um, me like neither. with because the right. Uh, but they uh, they expected me to be able to uh sing something, and I can't really. I'm not a very good singer. Mm. Um, granted, it it I I'll admit that it has helped me for sure. I'm not knocking that at yeah. all. I just wish it was more concentrated on like here's this chord what chord is that mm-hmm. instead of within context with within some sort of context um and then you know we can grow out of context because that's that's the pinnacle of of like mm-hmm. I, you know you see child prodigies <laughs> they play like this ridiculous chord and they sing every pitch and they know exactly right. what the chord is and i'm like that should be the goal of course it's hard it's hard as heck to yeah. get there as like a 20 or uh as like a college age student mm-hmm. because you know, that stuff should be taught at, at a pro tip. If you ever want to make a child prodigy, right. Uh, have a it, child. do it as a child. <laughs> they'll, they'll learn so much quicker and they'll, that'll be cemented in their brain so much longer than, mm-hmm. uh, as an adult, but it's not to knock. You can do whatever you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think of like 
think it's Rick Beato has a video of his son doing that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, play yeah. like weird poly chords and like sing every pitch. Yeah, and like that's cool. a D flat over E or something right, like it's that. Like stupid chords yeah. that would never ever be used outside of the most intense level seven jazz. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Or and even for like just a split second, probably rather than right like, than staying on it. Yeah, what is that exactly right now? Tell me. So you currently uh went on tour with the Danny Zinger band, right? Yeah, Danny Zinger, yeah. So what was that like? That was a lot of fun. Um that's uh Lancaster. It's like a prog rock band. Um I describe it as half King Crimson, half Modest Mouse. <laughs> um that's my description. They say um Deep Purple. It's it's rock yeah. with an organ player. Oh um, yeah? So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a four-piece. It's me on bass. Um, Victor Montgomery sings and plays guitar. And then um, Ethan Dexter plays, yeah, he's got an organ, like an 80s Yamaha, I think, organ, and uh, a couple of synths. And then Parker Gallagher um, on drums. And that's, I know Parker from high school. That's kind of how I got. Um, how was your in? Yeah, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, it's sort of a blur. I'm in like four or five bands or something like that. So how exactly I got into all of them sometimes is no, that's that's valid. Goes by the wayside. Um, but the tour, it was kind of it was almost like a vacation. Um, it wasn't the most profitable thing, and wasn't really expecting it to be. Um, you know, it was sort of a, just a DIY, kind of like go for the experience kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, see what it's like out on the road, and we learned a lot. Like. It could it could be profitable. Uh, you just have to do it right. And like we got hotels every night and stuff like that. So some right. of it too is like just networking. Like people we you can stay at. Right. We stayed with our friend uh, Eli Perron. He's from Lancaster. I don't know if it's Perron or if it's Perron. I'm butchering <laughs> it. Um, but he's he went to Mannheim Central, I think. Um, and I played with his alongside his band with my band, the Skiffs in high school and stuff like that. So I've known him for a while and uh, Parker played with him as well. But we played, we stayed at his place in Nashville for a couple of days. That's cool. Um, that was awesome. Nashville, I think was my favorite. Oh, Nashville is awesome. They go Broadway. Right. And then you can, you can be at one bar here, like, like, you know, your standard country music, you could walk three steps and you're hearing like just jazz or prog rock. It's, mm. it's all different. If you ever go to Nashville, definitely check out Broadway street for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. We went there a couple times. It doesn't really matter what time of day it is. It's always no, crowded. It's always music. It's always crowded. It's, it's like New York city, but like hillbilly almost. Yeah. Everybody was wearing cowboy boots yeah. and cowboy hats. People were saying like, that's the only place that people wear boots basically. Like you yeah. go anywhere else and nobody's wearing them, but you, you want to go fit in on, Broadway Street, wear your Gotta boots. Wear boots. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, so, but like, if we had more, if we knew more people with whom we could stay, that would save a lot of money. And we were, we were booking hotels like last minute, kind of every night. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't want to sleep in the van. But, right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a uh, thing that I, we, me and my friend went on a road trip. Kind mm -hmm. of hit the same circle as you almost. Okay. Um, we went up to Chicago, we hit St. Louis and then went oh, to, okay. uh, Nashville, um, that way. And we had decided to sleep in a car because we knew, uh, well, first off, we weren't making any money on our trip. It was just a right. vacation road trip. So yeah. we decided to sleep in a car. One thing, uh, we had talked about doing, but never really did was packing food mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of going out to, uh, like Wendy's or wherever that that's yeah. around. Yeah. There was a lot of that. That'll save you tons and tons of money. Right. We did we did some grocery shopping, but it wasn't. We didn't get like lunch meat or anything like that. Right. That could have actually been useful. Yeah, like a, a real meal. We had plenty of snacks, and I think some people bought like cans of tuna and stuff like that or whatever. That. But nothing is sustainable for like a meal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, I don't. I don't eat tuna, but <laughs> that seemed okay to pass the time a little bit before we hit McDonald's basically though. It's like right. sort of inevitable that we were going to go, I don't know, somewhere. It seemed like chicken sandwiches were the theme of the, the trip. For some reason we went to Bojangles, Chick-fil-A. Oh yeah. Guy Fieri has a 
place in Nashville. It's like Chicken Guy or something oh, like that's that. That's some. That's one thing I kind of regret about going to Nashville. I didn't. I didn't spend enough time downtown in, in oh, the God. area. We only spent a little bit on Broadway because we 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 went to the Parthenon and then we yeah. went to the African American uh, Museum of Mu- African American Music History. I oh, forget okay. exactly what it's called, but it was one of the coolest museums I've ever been to. Actually, like, I didn't know that that existed. Oh, it's really cool. You can make your own like pop uh hip hop music you can record your own uh jazz okay and like blues stuff and it's extensive history on like all the uh you know the the black music that's been around uh and that has heavily influenced american culture even to this day yeah uh and and it's you can save it all on like a wristband and it's Mm. like i think it was like 25 dollars something to get it okay so super super cool definitely recommend if you ever go out there again yeah um but yeah i wish i had spent more time in in the downtown area just walking around and experiencing the music city as it is instead of being you know i I guess i would be a tourist either way but doing the more touristy stuff rather be a musician in the heart of at least the music heart Mm -hmm. of uh the midwest right uh that was that would have been yeah it was a lot of fun we played at um i think it was a place called the underground um i can't remember if it was like west nashville like not downtown um but that was cool with a bunch of lancaster bands actually there's really? um the dude winton uh, i think it's huddles his last name but he played with medusa's disco for a while a lancaster band here and like our friend eli we mentioned played with us so we had a bill of like just lancaster that's cool uh, musicians which is it was awesome yeah and even winton's like drummer or something happened to be from here too so there's a lot of Lancaster people down there or just all around. Um, yeah, we ended up, or I think the last place we went to before we came back was Chicago. And um, there was some guy at a bar there. He's like, yeah, I'm from Lancaster too. Wow. That's uh, weird. Small world, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you should definitely put me in contact with some of those people. I'd love to have them on. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Um, they're living in Nashville, at least Eli and like Winton and them. Um, but they're great to talk to um yeah the the guys from medusa's disco i think i played with them with the skiffs as well like at the chameleon club that kind of stuff that so they've been around for a while um yeah i don't know that i I learned a bunch though from the tour it was good too that we just like didn't kill each other sort of right we knew that we can spend some time with each other without getting too uh up in arms about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really anything that went wrong. That's really the danger of going on a tour with somebody is that you got to be sure that you're okay with, you know, being in a close spot with them. Right. Uh, maybe not showering in a few, sure. few while, and then being sleepy and cranky at the same time and still getting along together. Yeah. And, you know, you're packing in and out whole entire sets and studios sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you got to be very okay with the people you're with or else it's not mm-hmm. going to be a fun time at all. Yeah. So, I mean, even just that alone, it, it went pretty well. We didn't, nothing went terribly wrong. Um, we only got kicked out of one hotel. So for being stinky, I think pretty much. Really? Basically. They were like, they said something about us going up and down the stairs too much and smoking too many cigarettes or something like that. I don't, mm. I don't see how that can be an issue really, but, Okay. Yeah, That's some people fine. have their preferences. The Econo Lodge, we don't have to stay there anymore. That's totally fine. Or whatever it was. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it was the Econo Lodge, but that kind of stuff. Mo- Super 8 or something like that. Right, like not even cheap. like a, a cheap hotel. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so we talk, we've been talking a lot about networking. Mm-hmm. How – are you an introvert? Yeah, I I think that's so. Right, that's right. That's right. I, I try to uh, sometimes I pretend that I'm not, but pretty much oh, we all have to pretend that we're not. Yeah, I'm a super introvert too. Um, I don't know if you could tell, but yeah, right. For sure. Uh, takes one to know one. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you kind of were one mm-hmm. a little bit. How how do you get out of that space of of comfort within yourself and then actually like go out to talk to these super talented musicians because mm-hmm. there's all. Believe it or not, there's a great number of talents in Lancaster uh, City. Absolutely. And 
like like Robin Chambers, who I'm gonna have on at some point. Yeah, Bjorn Jacobson. Uh, we talked about about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are just a few that are off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, how does one? And they're like, I wouldn't say the world class, but they're definitely on the professional level of. Absolutely. And Robin's been everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's she has a gigantic following. Right. How do you approach those kinds of people? with that in mind without being completely and utterly <laughs> making yourself look like an idiot, but also not being like intimidated and scared. Sure. Cause they are just people after all. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, the most of it has just been actually from playing mm. like um, at the open mics or whatever. It's just, I'm, I'm really comfortable jamming with people or whatever. Like I said, I played in a jam band for a while and stuff. So I like, I just love playing music with other people. Um, so for me, it's easier just to play music than to try to conversate. Yeah, than try to talk. I don't know. I was talking to some like random girls at one of our Baltimore shows, uh, Denny Zinger, um, and the girl's like, "Are you nervous?" Uh, it's like, "Not really." I mean, now I am talking to you, right, but right. like, not about playing music. That's funny. You're more um, nervous talking to people than you are actually doing the thing you came here to do. Absolutely, uh, yeah. but I'm because I'm confident I can do a, a a good job, or at least halfway decent job playing music or whatever so a lot of it is just kind of that like having a good time playing with these people um and then sort of getting a mutual respect um that way like music first and then Mm. um then talking after that yeah um but one thing that i learned too from tour when we went to nashville i guess some of these bands basically just get paid tips so they would like have one of the singers come around with a tip bucket like during the set um kind of like a new york style where they do a street performance and then someone goes around with like a hat or whatever yeah exactly um and so i kind of learned from that that i should be doing that at our shows or that someone should be doing that um it's a little bit uncomfortable oh for sure um, asking people for money is always uncomfortable but people are willing to do it um a lot of the time um Mm -hmm which was surprising I think to to a lot of us like sometimes but I was the guy that had to do that basically right. or, or that would do that because uh, I, like I said I, I felt like someone had to do it um, and nobody else was so that for me helped get out of the comfort zone but some of it too is like I said like a lot of these people really do want, they did want to help like I said you know I'm touring we're touring from Lancaster I, I sort of had a script right um, so maybe that's one thing. Like, I know what I'm gonna say, sort of ahead of time, um, loosely at least. But so that was nice, and like, people generally responded pretty well to it, or like, were happy to help at least a couple bucks. And some people gave like a, a lot of money, um, or twenty bucks, or something like that, ten bucks. Those um, couple bucks will help for absolutely. Immensely. And like, yeah, part of my script was basically it's gas money, like, and it's right. true. It, it the gas is was not quite as expensive yeah i don't think it was as as expensive as it is now but it was super expensive like (laughs) i don't even remember no i i remember 90 bucks a gas tank or something like that in this in this um van i remember exactly the gas prices because i was freaked out back in november when i went to chicago and Mm. it around here it was like 350 360 something and then i went to chicago and as soon as we crossed the border into Illinois, it jumped up to four thirty nine, and yeah. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I'm 22 years old. I don't remember the 08 crash when apparently gas was that level as well. Sure. But when I when I went to Chicago, I was like, "There's no way." Right. And I was so happy I'd filled up before, and yeah. then, but we, as we went to Nashville, it was like uh, the lowest I saw it there back in November was two eighty five, and I was okay. like, "Whoa, that's awesome." Yeah. But gas definitely was something we had to budget out because. Mm-hmm. And thank God we didn't go uh, now or else it would be like hundreds of dollars more probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like at least five bucks when we got into Illinois. That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. So I don't know. We had a good time in the South, though. Um, Those guys smoked cigarettes and stuff, so they just liked that cigarettes were cheaper. um, Right. (laughs) But people were... um, a little bit more welcoming, I think, or at least outwardly friendly as opposed to like, I'm from here, but a lot of people here 
are outwardly sort of cold or outwardly right. like not very welcoming. Um, it's definitely a trend I see as you go more north and more north. <laughs> it's kind of like the the people change with the weather. As, yeah. as you get more north and north, it's colder and colder and colder. People are more they're not they won't even smile at you or like sure. wait or like give you like a head nod or anything. Right. Down south, it is definitely the case. Well, they'll they'll straight up sometimes invite you into their home mm. without without a real question. Right. And they'll they'll just talk to you for hours without. It, it's not transactional. It's more yeah. authentic. Right. Than, uh and we were talking a lot about that early earlier about yeah. building authentic relationships because that's how you really network and you yeah. connect with people people with people on mm-hmm. a deeper level and that's how you get more work as a result. Yeah. Because if if you're plastic with somebody, they're going to know you're being plastic with them. They're right. going to know that oh this person I I know them but also you know and and having that real authentic relationship with somebody will put you first in their mind and say, "Hey, do you know a ba- bass player?" "Yeah, I know Henry. Right. Uh, he plays bass. He's an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Reach out to him." Right. And, yeah. And that's valuable especially when you play bass like a, a common instrument mm-hmm. around here where there's so many like Liam uh, Galano. Yeah. Uh that's the only bass player I'm that's coming in my mind. Okay. Uh, Nathan Arden. Nathan um Arden. I think Caden Myers, he went to LVC, but he plays with um a buddy Corey Paternoster. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I know. You know him. Yeah, he had a has a drum studio. Um Yeah, next they next to where we were rehearsed with Cody. They have uh they have open mics there Sunday afternoons or okay. Sunday evenings if you if you want to check that out. That's uh, awesome. And they they really renovated the space into like an okay. actual legit I haven't studio. I've been there in a while. Yeah, it's been it's months probably. It's really nice. Mm. Um But uh yeah, so meeting those people, having those general genuine connections is mm-hmm. definitely important. Um and that's why I wanted to say, ask you, like, how do you approach somebody? Because it's, it's it's super easy to be like, hey, how are you? And then, like, get all the surfacey stuff. But it's harder to get into the deeper conversations that, that really matter mm-hmm. when it comes to music especially. Because yeah. there's, there's so many ways to play a song. Sure. And, for example, uh, House of the Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, like, one that I go to because uh, everyone knows it. Yeah. Cody plays it differently than Bjorn does than anybody else does. We all play right. it differently. Mm-hmm. And having the know with all to be able to go up there, play along and match the vibe. How right. many I guess that that's a lot of what you do, especially as a, as the bass player yeah. who is laying down the bass and all right. the sick rips and everything. Sure. Uh how instrumental pardon the pun. <laughs> nice. Is uh is that to like do you guys like talk about that like uh, bass lines and all that jazz or? Mm-hmm. So it depends um, whether or not. And I like some people are more. Go for looking for something. Yeah, yeah. Some people are looking for something specific sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, and. Uh, what I mean to say, some people the other way, um, th- that aren't that are a little bit more st- trusting maybe or will just sort of let me. Um, do my own thing but I mean some of it too comes down to just rapport like knowing the person like knowing that what they want without them having to tell you Um, knowing the style that they right but or or um in Bjorn's case we're playing jamming with people like just being able to sort of read the room read the room read where he's going or um I learned from playing with him to, to be much more visual like to mm-hmm. really be looking at him, especially like I'll do background vocals with him sometimes to really be matching him, matching his breath and stuff. And just being open, I think, like to the person. Um, and at some point I sort of stopped caring about making mistakes or about being wrong. It's just like I'm going to, it was almost, maybe it was a little bit selfish. Um, just like I'm going to do this, <clears throat> what's best for me, like make mistakes. And if, you know, if it messes things up a little bit, like it's no, it's not the biggest deal. No one's gonna care. Everyone's gonna come right. up to you afterwards and say that was amazing and sure. everything. Uh, I'm sure because you and I have played are like my my improv, and mm-hmm. um, at some points that's been frustrating a little bit for you. Sometimes, right? sometimes you got a lot of chords in there. Sometimes I'm just like, let's just play one chord. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but it's 
it's much more fun to just and I'm I'm not knocking you for doing that because no, I, I can understand I can understand the, the frustration because I would be upset as well if someone was like, Oh, we're just gonna improv but and and then, you know, not give any chord structure as a person sure. who can't hear things. Uh-huh. That would be no I would just sit down at that point and enjoy the music. But it's a lot more fun just to relax, don't care. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna jam and it's and I might get stuff wrong and that's okay. Right. And you know what? Who says it's wrong anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. A performance is a performance and that's the only time that that performance, particular performance is going to be played. If people hate it, you know, who cares? Right. If people like it, who, you know, I mean, I care about if people like it or not, uh-huh. but in the grand scheme of things, you're going to mess up. Yeah. And that's one thing you people have to realize as a musician. I know so many people who knock themselves who uh who did a really good job in my mind at least mm-hmm. and then they come off and say that was horrible man right. uh, and and then they just self defeat themselves into right. submission and they never accept their flaws or their perceived flaws cuz a lot mm-hmm. of the perceived flaws are is what makes them unique sure um and it it's what adds a lot of character to their songs and story writing Mm. Uh, for example, Cody Bilburn, he has a, a shortness of breath issue, mm. and sometimes he, that gets on his nerves. But other other times, that that is his style, that is his char- right. characteristic. It makes his songs more emotional because of it, mm-hmm. and it's so much better to mentally to think of, I'm gonna play my song, and it's gonna be the way it is, right, rather and, than it's got to be. Perfect, perfect or cookie like cutter. Someone else, or like somebody else. That's another thing we have a problem with in the music industry is com- always constantly comparing. Right. We talked about this earlier as well as, mm. as like sometimes we view uh, other artists as taking opportunity away from us when in fact it's sure. it's it's not that they're taking opportunity away from us. Is that we are so self constricted to yeah when we could just reach out to the person and say hey can I play with you. It's yeah. sometimes it's as simple as that. And there there's your opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all about community when it comes down to it with music. I with, totally agree. Yeah. Without the community, there is really no music. Yeah, especially in these like open mics or whatever, like I'm going to go to hell in a bucket tonight. But it's pretty much more or less it's like the same sort of people that are there every time. Right. Um, so it is really important that, at least you don't piss these people off if they're not your best friend or whatever. Like you want to have respect for, for them, and and they'll have respect for you as a performer, as a or just as a dude hanging out. Um, so I don't know. You said a lot of stuff that I sort of want to go back to. Um, oh, yeah, one sure. thing was like, yeah, uh, tr- trying to tie it in back to what I was saying about messing up maybe in the moment, um, but not letting it get to you like you you, mm-hmm. you mentioned people coming off stage and be like oh man that was terrible or whatever it's like yeah you you're you're your own biggest critic yeah why so. i mean i for me it's like as long as i'm performing i'm I'm trying to do my best at all times too so it right. doesn't necessarily matter like if i make a mistake um you know that it first of all it happens um so and i'm not necessarily like expecting to be perfect um, I think that's one thing to keep in mind is that like a lot of music is not playing everything perfect, but understanding and being comfortable with when the mistakes happen, knowing how to fix them or, or just living with it or living with that. And that's a, a jazz thing too. Um, <laughs> just like, you know, this is going to happen or a jam thing. Like now all of a sudden we're doing this thing that we've never done before where there's like a breakdown that mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting necessarily, but um, that kind of ties into the feeling it too, or or looking for right. it. Um, there's there's often cues for it, even when that kind of um, unscripted stuff happens. It's like here we go into the section we've never done before. Like this is j- this is a jam now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, talking about like beating yourself up, um, you can definitely be your own worst enemy. And then going back to comparing yourself with other people. Uh, I think I had something probably when I was in high school about like, you know, I'll never be like Prince who like (laughs) plays all these instruments and records and produces all this stuff by himself. And I sort of like felt defeated by that. Um, But it's like, I should be a little bit more focused on what I'm doing like today 
that was better than yesterday or whatever in like in my own terms rather than like con- comparing myself to prince or like to some child prodigy or whoever it might be because the matter of fact is that you aren't prince and right. you are you're henry yeah and exactly you need to be the best henry can be and that's not by comparing yourself in fact comparing yourself to other people is going to hurt you overall yeah uh, you need to be focused on yourself and that's not to say to be egotistical about yourself, but right. being real with with yourself. And like, that's what I was saying earlier too, with like playing with other people is just like knowing who you are, sort of being comfortable with with that. And, and yeah, exactly my point too is, um, yeah, I'm not going to be Prince. So for me to to say like, you know, I'm not as good as Prince or or whatever is is just it's not, not helpful at no. all. It's not even it's not useful. Um. You can you can say I want to be like Prince, right. but you're never gonna be Prince. Yeah. Uh, for example, my my biggest inspiration is probably Elton John. Okay, I love his music and I love his piano playing, and that's mm. kind of who and the, his orchestration style and, and everything about him. Okay, um, so I I definitely want to emulate or uh take lessons from Elton John, but I mm. know I'm never gonna be Elton John because I'm not Elton John. Right. My name is Corey Rosen, and that's yeah. who I am. Um. So it's, and there's that 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 can be applied in so many different areas. Not only just Absolutely. music, but in like whatever you're called to do, mm-hmm. um, you have to take responsibility and accept your own limitations and your own uh your own personality. Because somebody somebody can come up to you and be like, "You want to play Jimi Hendrix?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll play Jimi Hendrix." And that same person might still be upset with you that you didn't play it right. Yeah. And but you have to and you can have to say to them as well and to yourself, Well, I'm not Jimi Hendrix. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think sort of going back to like just being like making genuine connections with with people too, it's the same thing, like not pretending like you're someone that you're not. Um mm-hmm. it, it helps a lot. Um and one thing I learned to take it back to Tim Wolf, my uh, bass professor, was like, you know, one thing that really helps with music or with with whatever is just being a good person to hang out with, like right, being, being a fun person. Yeah, or just even a real person, um, yeah. as as long as you're not being rude or whatever, but right, overly blunt. Yeah, and caring. Yeah, yeah, you gotta care for sure. There's definitely a. And you you have to know your place within the relationship as well. Yeah. Um. If you're just like acquaintance with somebody, you can't go in and talk real talk with them. Sure. On, unless you you know you know they can handle it. Mm-hmm. There's that. De- there's definitely it's social cues are important, mm-hmm. and you have to know them. That's that's one thing. As an introvert, I never really got sure quite hold of. Um. And it's something Same I'm learning here. right now. Like for example, I'll, I'll go out to an open mic and be on my phone the entire time, and that's not how you kind of that's not how you should deal with those situations at all. You you need to be in the situation and reacting to the situation because the amount of just clapping uh-huh. goes a long way for musicians. Like like uh, self self esteem and everything. Yeah. It just it it's so annoying sometimes or heartbreaking where. You go to an open mic and people are just talking over your set, mm-hmm. and it's just right. And or you finish a song and it's like crickets, crickets, like, and it's just still chatter, and it's yeah. like, well, eh, well, yeah. do I even want to go again? Right. Um. It, and th- so this can go for not only musicians but you know the audience members, people that go out to music. Always, even if you didn't like the piece, I, I'm always going to be clapping for them because sure. encouraging the musician is what's important. If someone's doing art. Agree. I might not like it, but I know somebody else is gonna like it, mm. and I and I don't want to crush somebody's creative spirit. Yeah, I want them to keep making what what they make, even though if I personally don't like it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one thing that I I've really liked about teaching um, guitar, teaching bass, whatever, um, you ukulele, piano, a little bit, um, is just be, getting to sort of be hands on with with people um, developing that sort of that spirit and that's really fun because likewise i like to i always want to encourage people even if they're bad at first and they will be if yeah, you're a beginner. everybody's gonna be bad um, at first you know it's it's knowing that that that's not the end of the journey um and and just nurturing 
that kind of stuff like having having fun and like i said meant i love playing music with people for me it's like it's the most fun thing um it it feels amazing for for some reason it feels very comfortable for me like that's where i want to be yeah yeah so i don't know i've had a great time um teaching for that reason alone just to to be that sort of encouraging person and get paid for it too is nice it being, yes being paid for the work you do is always being nice um and it's what you get to encourage like certain kids and stuff that that is beyond them and they don't even know it right uh, mu- music is such a be beyond oneself uh concept mm-hmm. and idea and you have to it i i think it's almost i keep the only word that keeps to my mind is instrumental Nice. But it, it it's truly it's like it's imperative mm-hmm. to the human experience, music. I agree. And I, I feel like it's a personal loss if I'm not I'm not telling you to bring your child to, you know, whatever lesson or whatever, but to have them experiment at least to try something out and see what they like because music mm-hmm. is just so even if it's karaoke singing like Disney songs, like I did as a kid, Uh it's just so impactful to a child. And that is where they can get a lot of their self-confidence from their Mm self-esteem. But there's a flip side to that too, because the music can be very depressing as well. Yeah. So there's definitely a balance there, but encouraging a healthy relationship with music and self-expression. I can't tell you how much emotions I've let go of because of the songs I've written. Right. And just stuff that was just bearing down on me and, start, and would not leave mm-hmm. because I, A, didn't write it out or B, it's just, it's just being inside. Mm-hmm. Getting something out like that is such an instrumental, uh, it's such an imperative thing to do. And music does that perfectly. And you don't have to know that all that much to do it. it you just, right. even, even if you just write poetry, that's like an, another kind of thing that will help you your child immensely mm-hmm. mentally uh f- even sometimes physically because mental health is tied to your physical health in a lot sure. of ways um so making sh- so i definitely encourage anybody listening to get their child involved with some sort of music whether it's Absolutely. just whether it's just listening or uh you have your old family guitar that mm-hmm. that you know maybe needs new strings maybe that can be a project you can work on with your kid right you know just doing some stuff that you know have fun with it man you got to yeah. have you gotta have fun with music. My dad took me to like some, I think it was the New York Philharmonic or something like that. When I was a kid, we went on the train and up to New York, and that was really fun. Um, and it, like I didn't didn't require me really to to, to play anything. Right, just, uh, to just go in. Yeah, and it was like kids' day or something like that. So there was a whole bunch of, of kids there. Um, so that was a lot of fun and a good experience. Like with what can be sort of a weird intimidating atmosphere in particular the like orchestral kind of posh music too. right and yeah like who know if, if you don't have to do that if, if you can't afford it i don't like it, right that, just that go for me wasn't a, a consideration i was go seven. to high school uh performances right even the open mics op- open mics and obviously you can't really take your children there but um for probably not probably not <laughs> uh it's probably not a good idea but like, there's high schools everywhere around here that are doing, you know, concerts for free all the time. Right. Even football games, like you have your halftime show. Yeah. And that's one way. That's how I started uh, as a kid. I did. I I did marching band, mm-hmm. um, and like children's choir with with the school. And that's how, that's how I got heavily involved with music. And that's how I heavily, it got me through my high school because high school sure. is such a rough middle school, high school is such a rough time for kids, mm-hmm. especially. Uh, ha- having that release of, of course, I was banging on drums, so it was really cathartic for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I did drumline too. Yeah, in high school. So and plus, yeah, you'll you have a strong kid <laughs> if you do marching man. Your yeah. cast are gonna be made out of steel. Right. Um. Granted, I do have back problems. <laughs> However, that's because I decided to march the xylophone. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Right. So like metal, metal keys. Right. Um. I was thinking like quads or something, the Qu- tenors. Quads are heavy, to. but nothing compared to like an actual like glockenspiel okay, on right. on a carrier. It's yeah. especially with like no waist strap. We didn't have even have uh, those. Yeah, so it was it's a bit rough. Yeah, and walking a mile in those will is not fun, yeah. <laughs> say to say the least. But um, so how 
is has that been like a uh teaching teaching kids is that or like people how to play guitar is that like a sincere passion for you yeah um i think that's what i'm gonna try to start doing like basically full time um i i basically had been doing that and then i took the month off because of the tour um and just kind of figure it out once i got back it was two weeks tour and two weeks kind of vacation chill out try to figure out my life a little bit um but yeah i mean i've i've had a great time and some of it for me it is like just nurturing myself too, giving myself that space of like being encouraging or being not that i'm necessarily all that mentally unhealthy but i'm not the most healthy person ever out there so i got their issues right and i struggle with self-esteem and or like being confident and stuff like that so just being able to 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 teach has really helped me um and myself sort of get out of that bubble like i really am worth it or whatever like i really am making a difference that kind of stuff that even that alone is almost um worth it for me and it, it that's a little bit selfish but um I think it's some of it is just like taking care of yourself, being confident in yourself. Um, and then, you know, you got to put your mask on first before you put your child's mask right. on. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, so that has been a, a good lesson for me as, and as well, like I learned, I couldn't really play guitar when I started teaching. So right. now I can sort of play guitar. Um, so it's been helpful. Um, but it is a passion um, at the moment. It's, it's made me feel, like I said, good and like that I'm doing something. Because um, I think one of the trickiest things about playing music is like, well, first of all, how to monetize it. Right, um, yeah. So I sort of just, um, when I was in my last semester at college, like what am I gonna do? Um, and this was during COVID, my last semester, um, 2020 was, Half of it was online because of COVID. Right. Um, so I was like, you know, what am I going to do now? Um, but my plan at that point was, or like right before then, was, yeah, to basically do what I'm doing now, try to teach as much as possible and gig as much as possible too um, every weekend if I can. Um, so, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. I think I've uh, grown a lot as a musician for sure. Um, that and going to open mics, jamming with as many people as possible. I think those two things combined, um, like I feel like I've really learned a lot. Like I'm still learning a lot. Um, and I have a friend that's, he plays guitar. He's, he says that he's an intermediate. I, I haven't heard him play, so I, I can't say. But that he sometimes feels like he's in a rut um, or whatever, that he's been stuck for a while. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, teaching in that way like i could easily feel that way about my own guitar playing Mm -hmm. um but it sort of forces me to at least be one step ahead um and often i'm more than that but it sometimes it can feel like you know i'm not really i'm sort of a like i guess imposter the imposter syndrome thing i was dealing with that for a while because like i said i don't really even think of myself as a guitarist or a guitar player um Though I, most people that see me play guitar would be like, why are you saying that? Like, obviously you play guitar. Right, but yeah. I don't feel like I feel like a bass player that just like is pretending to play guitar or something like that. Um, so, again, for me, the, that has just been very helpful personally, um, that kind of stuff. And then the other side of it is like to see um, the student, whether or not it's a adult or a child grow and have a good time jamming or or whatever learning a song that they wanted to learn um like that's a great feeling that's everything yeah yeah and that's what makes it worth it in the end is like to basically to say like you know you can do this if you want to like and it why should it stop at guitar right so that's going to wrap up our radio time a little bit. Um, so where can they find Where can people find you? Uh, we're, we're, both of us are actually going to be heading over to Helena Bucket mm-hmm. in Wrightsville uh, to play tonight. If, if you guys want to come out uh, before uh, come, come out, 
we'll be there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, any other projects you got coming on where that people can follow you? Um, honestly, my Facebook at the moment is the best place to find me, Henry Dvorak. I'm the only one, I'm the <laughs> only Henry Dvorak, as far as I am aware. Um, I'm playing this Saturday with Octavia Blues Band. Uh, I think Octavia Lamb is her name, but she plays harmonica, and um, that's a lot of fun. That's at 551 West on Saturday night. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that's coming up. But I have some music on Spotify, if you're interested, under Henry Dvorak is one, and then Nelson Umbrella is sort of my artist name. I have some okay. stuff under there, too. Um, so that's where you can find me, Facebook, Instagram. I don't have Twitter, just those two. But I'm pretty easy to reach. It goes right to my phone. So if you got something to say, I'll probably see it. All right. Well, that's going to conclude our radio time. We're going to continue awesome. on Facebook Live. So if you want to follow us at The Story on Facebook, you can do that there. Now back to the radio. Thanks for having me.